You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 22nd, 2020. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll talk about the Orlando Magic's upcoming game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then we'll talk a little bit about the first half of the season and where the Magic stand and who has stood out in this first half of the season. So we'll talk about all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Oklahoma City Thunder ahead of Wednesday's game? Check out Locked On Thunder. Want to look ahead to Friday's matchup with the Boston Celtics? Check out Locked On Celtics, and so on and so forth. No matter who your favorite team is, or your least favorite team is, or the team you're just kind of interested about, it's okay to be interested about other teams. I, I listen to other Locked On podcasts too. You can find a Locked On podcast for you, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, college, or MLB too. I'm sure Locked On Yankees and Locked On Rockies have fantastic episodes covering the Baseball Hall of Fame announcements. You can find a Locked On podcast for you. Plus, we have great national podcasts in Locked On NBA, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, the Duncan and Hollinger NBA show, and Rejecting the Screen. Download these podcasts or you download podcasts today. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Orlando Magic return home to the Amway Center on Wednesday to take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. The first, uh, Before we get into the Thunder, and there's definitely a lot to talk about when it comes to the Thunder, Before we get into the Thunder, the first game back from a road trip, as players and coaches will say, is usually just as difficult as the last game of a road trip. Yes, you're back home. Yes, you're sleeping in your own bed. But often you only have that one day in between and it still kind of feels like you're on the road. You know, certainly the Magic took a cross-country trip to Charlotte. They looked a little flat at the beginning of the game and, and found their rhythm and Even though they're back home, there's probably still a little bit of jet lag to worry about here, especially coming back from a West Coast trip. So these games are always tough. And and, and to to say the Magic are home, they should play a lot better, they should be comfortable. Well, Charlotte was sitting at home after a West Coast trip since Wednesday. And and look how they looked overall. So this is all to say that, you know, this isn't a schedule loss in the same way that that Charlotte game very much could have been. But this is to say that if you're expecting the Magic to look somehow sharper and and more fluid, you're probably asking for a lot here. This is still going to be a struggle. It's still going to be a tough game. And certainly the Magic are in one of the most difficult stretches of their schedule until they get to uh, Monday's game at Miami. Uh, this this three-game homestand versus Oklahoma City versus Boston versus the LA Clippers, followed by a road trip to Miami next Monday are extremely difficult. Fortunately, after that Monday game, Magic don't play again until Saturday when the Heat come to the Amway Center for the second time this year. So again, this will be a difficult game, and it will be a difficult game because the Thunder are a team that plays very much to their style and plays uh, plays hard. Um, you know, this is a scrappy team, and it's been a scrappy team all year, one of the big surprises in the league, sitting in seventh in the Western Conference. 
they are playing at a, a pretty good level. Playing against the Houston Rockets on Monday, the, the Thunder trailed by 15 points in the fourth quarter and slowly worked their way back into the game. They got, I think it was 26 points from Chris Paul in the first half, and then he just became a setup man for the rest of the game, finding Shea Gildas-Alexander, and most importantly, finding Dennis Schroeder, who had one of his better games of the year. It was a huge upset for the Thunder, a, a game that, frankly, was very reminiscent of the Magic's win over the Los Angeles Lakers just a week ago. But don't get it wrong. This Thunder team is hurting. They are hurting as much as the Orlando Magic are right now, and they are facing some very, very serious depth issues. In the 8.30 injury report, uh, 8.30 p.m. injury report on January 21st, the Thunder are officially listing Steven Adams, the starting center, as questionable after he sprained his ankle in the first quarter of Monday's game. Adams sprained his ankle, shot his two free throws uh, for the foul, and then left the game never to return. In addition, the backup center, Nerlens Noel, a great shot blocker, is also listed as questionable with left ankle soreness. He missed Monday's game, so it's still not clear whether he will play. As things stand right now then, the Thunder have just one center on the roster, and that is Mike Muscala. To say the least, the going up against a team with Nikola Vucevic, who's a pretty good post player and a pretty good center in his own right, being thin at that position is not a good thing for the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I will issue this caveat. I think one of the things the Magic really struggle with, and as this is you know uh, Nikola Vucevic defense saying this, is where a lot of people would criticize Nikola Vucevic's defense. One of the things the Magic really struggle with is playing against five out offenses. And the Thunder, without all these pieces, were able to come back and defeat the Houston Rockets on the road. Now, some of that is certainly James Harden going, I think it was 2 for 17 from beyond the arc. So, not a great game for James Harden. And, you know, maybe he makes one of those shots, maybe the tide turns and, and they, stem, they stem things out and get the win. But then again, we do know that the Magic, not the best shooting team in the world either. So to me, this game is going to feel very, very similar to Monday's game against the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets feature Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier, who statistically at least are the top scoring backcourt in the entire league. So the, the top scoring, you know, the Magic did a very good job holding the top scoring backcourt in the entire league to well below their average. Terry Rozier did not score. Devontae Graham, I think, had 15 points. It, or Terry Rozier had four points but did not make a field goal. It was a heck of a defensive performance, and it's going to take another great defensive performance on these guards to get this win. Chris Paul is playing as well as he's played in the last five years, and, and that, is, that is saying something because he, he has been very, very good. Um, he is playing under control. He is getting where he wants to go and, and finding guys and creating space for others, and so... The onus on this game is going to be on Markel Fultz to defend him, to contain him and keep him away from those spots. And yes, if he happens to make a tough shot, he makes a tough shot. On top of that, Shea Gilgis-Alexander is a matchup nightmare. But playing at the two, the Magic certainly have a chance to, to slow him down a little bit. And the Magic's defensive schemes are very, very good at slowing down guys like, are, are potentially good at slowing down guys like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, although they did not in the first matchup. So again, 
The onus is on Evan Fournier to win that individual matchup, to slow him down somehow and prevent kickouts to shooters like Danilo Gallinari and really just have the team match the energy. Danilo Gallinari's had a little bit of a rough season this year. He's not playing fantastically. Um, but he is still a very capable shooter. And the one thing that the Magic cannot do in this game, under any circumstances, they cannot turn the ball over. Because Oklahoma City, while they the, the, their lack of depth is certainly going to be glaring in this game, they still got guys who can fly to the rim. They still got Hamadou Diallo. They still got a uh, guy, you know, guy like Darius Baisley who's played well. They've still got... Uh, they've still got a lot of really interesting players. Uh, Lugen Stort, who's playing some fantastic defense, probably going to get the call on Evan Fournier in this one, to be perfectly honest. it's it, There's going to be a lot of interesting matchups in this game. I am curious how long Steve Clifford's going to be able to go big with Ken Burch at the four, matching up with Danilo Gallinari. I, personally, I would prefer Aaron Gordon on that matchup, and so you're, you're kind of stuck hiding Ken Burch, and I, I don't think that's the way to go. Um, a big thing in this game is going to be preventing Oklahoma City from getting to the foul line. They're pretty good at getting to the foul line. And so to me, you know, this game's going to be, again, very similar to the Charlotte game. Can Orlando contain that backcourt? Can Orlando make some shots and, and prevent runouts? And can the Magic defend at a high level? They did all that Monday, and that got them the win. Can they do it again Wednesday against Oklahoma City, who's a much more potent opponent? Certainly, if the Thunder do come into this game undermanned and don't have a center, I, I would hope that Nikola Vucevic has a big game in, in much the same way that he had a big game against Charlotte. Um, and I would hope that Orlando is able to get the ball moving and kind of learn the lessons that they did against the Hornets in that win over Charlotte and carry that over back to the home court. The Orlando Magic take on the Oklahoma City Thunder at 7 o'clock at the Amway Center. Good to have the Magic back home. They'll be in their City Edition jerseys for this one as well. So it should be a good time. We'll have complete coverage of that game coming up on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. Well, it is Pro Bowl week here in Orlando. As I sit here recording this podcast, I, I can actually see Camping World Stadium uh, and, and, and see it dressed up, ready for the Pro Bowl. The festivities have already begun. I think the, the Fan Fest at Disney opens up on Wednesday. It is, it is football season still here in Orlando, and certainly the Super Bowl coming up next week, and everyone wants to know who's going to win the big game. Well, it's time to put your money where your mouth is, and my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn that sports knowledge or what you think is going to happen into cash in your wallet. There's so much going on right now between the Super Bowl, the NBA, and the college basketball season. It's time to get off the sideline and get into the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, whether it's in basketball or anything else, you can parlay all those picks together and bet multiple games for much bigger payouts. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. With the Magic back home from the West Coast trip, you know, we passed the midpoint of the season a week ago, so we're, we're a little bit past 
the midpoint of the year. The Orlando Magic sitting right now at 21 and 23. They are uh, comfortably in the playoff race. Uh, five, I think they're five and a half games up on the Detroit Pistons at eighth. I've calculated their Magic number to be 35 because I'm a crazy person. Uh, and they're two games up on the Brooklyn Nets for seventh. So, you know, the Magic made a five and a half game push uh, after January 31st at about game 50. Uh, so certainly not out of the woods yet. Don't count your chickens. Don't plan on your playoff trips yet uh, to Miami or elsewhere. Um, but the odds are the Magic are probably in the playoffs and probably comfortable. Probably making the playoffs in, in 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 that way. And so, in that sense, the season is a success. Um, you know, I, I I think that we're at a point now, midway through the season, that we can take a little bit of a step back. And assess where this team is at. And assess kind of what this team has done and accomplished this year. There are two trains of thought on this. The first is, entering the season, the Magic certainly believed that there was the possibility or the potential that they would compete for something more serious. There were a few national pundits who said, you know, I sneakily believe the Magic can be a force, the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, that they can take that kind of a leap. There were a few people who said that, and, and you know, certainly that was a, a potent, potential possibility. More likely than not, most people probably had the magic about where they are now. But that's still somehow unsatisfying. Um, I, I, I would put it that way. It's still somehow not enough in some respects. For most people, when you're the 7th or 8th seed, you want to see forward progress. You want to see the team take another step up. And so, this season, in that respect, yes, it's been a bit disappointing. The Magic brought back virtually the same roster as last year. The only two players added to the rotation from last year were Markel Fultz, who didn't play last year when the Magic acquired him in the trade, and Al Camino, whom they got in free agency. Al Camino has been out for most of the season with, with a torn meniscus and will probably miss the rest of the year. They also added Mo Bamba back into the rotation after his injury late last season, but this is essentially the same team. And the going belief was the Magic wouldn't need much time to hit the ground running. They could just kind of start where they left off. Maybe not at that 22-9 toward pace, but... They wouldn't need to spend time kind of reacclimating themselves as much, or they would pick that up much quicker and get back to playing at the level that they played at when the season ended. There's certainly some truth to that, but certainly, as Steve Clifford said, you, you always start each year fresh. You start it brand new each time. And... Certainly Clifford, kind of eyeing the playoffs, saw things that didn't work and began to tweak a little bit. Maybe a little bit on the edges, but tweak nonetheless. Even Clifford would admit that the Magic's training camp was not as good or effective as they hoped it would be. Steve Clifford, I believe, did say that that they didn't they had an okay camp. They didn't have a great camp. And and one of the big things that, that needed to be built up from those early practices and, and early training camp and exhibition schedule heading into the regular season, he said, was the magic needed to get back to be to, to their good practice habits and, and being a good practice team. And it's it's taken certainly taken some time to get there. Playing behind the scenes of all of this, though, were injuries. 
Nikola Vucevic was nursing kind of general fatigue from the FIBA World Cup and some soreness throughout the throughout the preseason. Aaron Gordon got popped in the jaw. Uh, third preseason game after after you know two very strong performances offensively and and really hasn't been the same dealing with the ankle injury in November and 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 kind of lingering issues with that ankle throughout the rest of the season. Nikola Vucevic, of course, had that major ankle injury in November where he missed 11 games. Al Farouk Aminu, like I said, is going to probably be out for the rest of the season after playing, I believe, only 18 games with a torn meniscus, suffering a setback that will likely put him out again for the rest of the season. I believe he's due to be reevaluated in late March. Jonathan Isaac had that scary knee injury on January 1st, and he will be reevaluated in late February. It's not looking like he's going to play the rest, play come back at any point this season, but if they reevaluate him in February, March, and determine that that he can come back, you know, maybe he will play those last 10, 15, those last 10 to 15 games and get himself ready for, for the playoffs. Now, DJ Augustine, of course, is out with his injury, with his knee injury, with the, with the uh, uh, bone soreness. Um, and he'll be out until early February. So another week or two before he's reevaluated. It's not that he'll be out. He'll be out a little bit longer than that. Michael Carter-Williams has been in and out of the lineup with various injuries too. Injuries are absolutely the story of the season and, and certainly have depressed some of the Magic's potential this year. So the question on the floor then is, at the midpoint of the season, how do we evaluate this team? And that question is really hard to answer because the injuries do clutter everything. But I think when you watch this team, when I watch this team at least, I see a team that is clearly better than last year's team. And if, if the goal is progress, if the goal is, as Steve Clifford likes to say, to get better as time moves forward. So you're better at the end of the, the season than you were at the beginning, and frankly better this year than you were last year. I, I think the Magic are better this year than they were last year. I think the experience of going into the playoffs, the experience of going through that battle, of getting through the marathon and finding success, my sense, just being around the team a little bit, is that they have taken that knowledge, internalized it, and there's just a calm and poise about them that they didn't have last year. They're, they're not going to need to play with that desperation. And frankly, I think it cuts the other way. I don't think they played with enough desperation sometimes because they have that experience. I think they have that kind of institutional knowledge, so to speak, of making the postseason, of being in the playoffs. And that has helped inform a lot of what they've done this year. Both for good and for bad, to be frank. And so... In that sense, yeah, the Magic have gotten better. But, but in another sense, it's it's a bit more of a mixed bag. Nikola Vucevic has clearly regressed. I don't think he's unplayable or, or anything like that. He's kind of back to where he was before last season, which is still very, very good. And the injuries have kind of kept him from getting back to his all-star level. He's shown flashes of it, but the consistency at the all-star level, at least, has not been there. Still enough to... It's still enough to make you stick with them. I don't, I don't think the Magic are in any rush to move off him or, or anything like that. Terrence Ross has progressed a little bit to his mean. He struggled to find his consistency on his shot as defenses play him a little bit differently. 
Aaron Gordon is perhaps the biggest disappointment on the team. Uh, a guy that a lot of people, myself included, felt like could be in for a leap. That his growth, that his development was the biggest key to this team taking that step up from being a 7 or 8 seed to a 6, 5 or 4 seed to really competing for something real. And while Gordon's defense has remained incredible, I still believe he is the best individual defender on the team, his offense is lagging well behind. He is shooting the worst shooting per field goal percentage of his career. Outside of Evan Fournier and the two guys I'm about to talk about coming up in a moment, it feels like every player on the Magic has regressed. Yet, the team is still better than, than they were last year. So like I said, it's, it's, it's sort of a mixed bag. It's hard to really evaluate this season. And as I mentioned yesterday, that's just kind of how 500 teams are. If the Magic are essentially a 500 team, then they're playing like one. They're inconsistent. You don't always know what you're going to get from them. They can beat anybody and lose to anybody. That's what you expect from a team like this. And the question is, how do you grow and how do you get better on that moving forward? Not as much as today, because today it's still about getting as much out of the roster as you can, but how do you get better moving forward? How do you get better so that next year or or you know maybe this year, you're... you're probably too far back to make a difference this year, but so that next year you're competing with those top teams. And that's the big overarching question for Jeff Weltman. And we'll talk maybe more about that as we get closer to the trade deadline. But to me, there were two goals for this season. Realistically, there were two goals for this season. And the first one was make the playoffs and confirm that last year was not a fluke. There's still a lot of people who might believe that last year was just a, a, a random spark. And honestly, I think the Magic have proven that last year was no fluke, that they are indeed, in this Eastern Conference, a moving target, I agree, a target that's maybe dropped down a little bit from last year. The Magic are a playoff team. And the expectation, and, and certainly I, the, my, my one firm statement on all this is, if the Magic missed the playoffs, the season is a failure. Period. Full stop. Full stop. Doesn't matter what else happens. This is a playoff team. Now, my expectation and my realistic goal that the Magic needed to achieve was to make the playoffs comfortably. To not need to go to the last game of the season. Not need to make a run. And perhaps they're on track to accomplish that goal even as a seven seed. So again, goal one, prove you're a playoff team. Goal two, though, is to map out a clear way to improve internally. Map out a clear way for this team to get better. And I think that's the point of debate that most Magic fans are having. The first path, of course, the first thing that has to happen is the Magic do need a clear-cut star. You know, If not a star, then someone who can create his own shot. And, and certainly that's going to be a debate that, that we'll have heading into the trade deadline and, and heading into the offseason where I think the Magic will probably make a major move to, to try and shore that up in some way. But the other part of that is the Magic have two young guys who have ex- far exceeded expectations and have brought a lot of hope to this team. And those are the two guys that 
really this season is all about. And that's Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. This is, before we get into that though, this is this is a, a basketball podcast. This is a basketball show. And, and you know, we talk a lot about physical fitness a lot. And, and I know for, for fans, you know, there, there, there's a lot of mental anguish watching this Magic team. Seth Aurora of OrlandoMagicDaily.com did a fantastic job, I thought, breaking down how the Magic blow a lot of leads. It is stressful being a Magic fan. And so... Magic fans, you got to take care of your mental fitness too. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind and find that serenity. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body. And Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says... Getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things that I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves. That sounds nice about now. And so much more, like sleep stories and meditations. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. It does seem like, and I admit this, it does seem like we bounce from player to player saying that, that this player will be the next big hope for the Orlando Magic. Oh, it's going to be Victor Oladipo. No, it's, it's going to be Tobias Harris. No, it's going to be Serge Ibaka. It was at one time. No, it's going to be Aaron Gordon. So yes, we are bouncing a bit again here as, as we kind of search for that guy, the guy that the Magic drafted, that the Magic developed, that turned into their star. Again, sorry, Nikola Vucevic. We do, we love you. Most of us do, at least. But there definitely is a ceiling with with how he plays and 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 the skills that he brings to the floor. To be sure, though, the way Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac have emerged this year, as in Isaac's case, a potentially elite player on the defensive end, and Markel Fultz just showing flashes of what made him the number one pick really make me confident the Magic will achieve that second goal that I had for them at the beginning of the season. Again, to clearly show a path forward, a way for this team to get better and eventually challenge for something a little bit more than one of the lower seats. Again, no one wants to be stuck in the middle. No one wants to be stuck in the treadmill of mediocrity. But you're only stuck there when you don't have a path forward. You look at a team like the Detroit Pistons. No offense to Pistons fans. If you're listening to Locked On Pistons fans, I'm sorry. I think they understand this, so I don't think I'm saying anything too offensive. That team doesn't really have a way to get better. They are capped out. Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin are kind of in their primes. They got a lot of veterans on the on the bat on, on their on, on their bench. 
they kind of are what they are. I don't think I'm being too offensive when I say that the Portland Trailblazers are very much at a crossroads on that front too, trying to figure out, can we push to do more? Can we, you know, you know they got to the Western Conference Finals last year, but was that the fluke or is, are they just still kind of a, you know, middling team in that Western Conference. I'm, I'm not sold that they're there yet, and, and, and I, I kind of tell everyone when C.J. McCollum trades come across my desk, I don't see Portland trading McCollum, and, and there, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And, and I think the Magic are probably, you know, I, I think Portland is a really good model for what Orlando kind of is and wants to be in a lot of ways. Um, and maybe I'll get into that on a future episode, uh, certainly probably over the summer. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about kind of models of a building, but... You know, I, I kind of feel like Portland is is one of the model small market franchises, and, and some of it is, frankly, that they're okay with what they are. You know, they value winning, they value making the playoffs, even if it doesn't mean a deep trip. And the question is, how long can you sustain that? How long can you sell that to fans? And, and Portland, I think it works. You know, for for better or worse, I think it works. And that's not what this is about. You're only stuck in the middle. This is my this is my main thesis here. You're only stuck in the middle if you don't have a way to get better. If you've truly hit your ceiling. And and part of this season, and kind of the side thing about that goal that I had, part of this season was understanding this team's ceiling. As constructed, we can clearly see this Magic team will struggle to score. They don't have a dominant score. They don't have enough shooting. While they are scrappy, while they fight, their inability to score, their inability to, to spread the floor, to make defense respect their three-point shooters is ultimately what kills them and what will kill them when we get to the playoffs. It's what killed them in last year's playoffs. And so anyone who's pitching me trades, frankly, if I'm the Magic, I do not even think about making a trade or acquiring a player if they have not shown that they can make shots, if they that they have not shown that they are capable from the outside because that is the biggest need that the Magic have right now. But I would argue this too. While we are understanding that ceiling and frankly, the ceiling of this team as currently constructed, at least with the players at the levels they are at now, is probably the seven seed. It's probably exactly where the Magic are right now. A slightly above 500 team or a roughly 500 team that finishes seventh or eighth, maybe sixth, uh, if the occasion is right, but probably not in this Eastern Conference, that finishes 7th or 8th in the East. So how do the Magic break through that ceiling? And again, you're not stuck in mediocrity unless you don't have a way forward. To me, the first half of the season proved the Magic do have a way forward. The first half of the season proved to me that the Magic have a pair of players, and I would still include Aaron Gordon. I'm not giving up on Aaron Gordon, although we are we are getting close to a point where we got to make decisions on him and, and where he fits in, the, in this team because of one of the players I'm talking about here. But the way Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz played this season, or in the first half of this season, is enough to give me confidence the Magic have their way forward. Markel Fultz, when the Magic got him, no one really knew what to expect. There was a massive amount of talent for sure, but the injury was 
substantial. Within five games, Fultz was in the starting lineup. His averages are relatively modest, about 11 points per game, maybe four or five assists per game. Shooting 40, I think 42, 43, 44%, somewhere in there from the floor. They're relatively modest stats, but you watch him play, and, and not only has he fulfilled Clifford's promise of getting better as the season goes on, and Clifford said he's going to be even better as the season goes on. And frankly, I can't wait for him to actually have a summer to work on skills. Not a summer to get healthy, a summer to work on skills. He has never had that in the NBA, at the NBA level. So I think this summer is a huge one for Marco Fultz. And, you know, if Marco Fultz comes back, the kind of player that we all think he can be. You know, again, a former number one pick. If he comes back as that player, the Magic are a completely different team. The Magic are a team that can indeed compete for something more real. Even if there's still some growing pains that go with Fultz and what is essentially his second season in the NBA. It's not crazy. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated did a great article on him. Discussed on his podcast, the Crossover Podcast, discussed whether the Magic should go ahead and give Fultz an extension today or, or this summer. Think about how crazy that is or how crazy that would sound at the beginning of the season. Some people question whether the Magic should have picked up his extension the final year of his contract. That feels like a steal at this point. So again, Fultz, the way that he's played, the way that he's impacted games, the way that he has made the Magic look so good. Fans are clamoring for him to have more responsibility, to take more control of this offense, and for the Magic to give him the keys a little bit more. They're clamoring for it. It's the big adjustment that I would make. It's the thing, it's honestly the ace in the hole that I think Clifford still, ha- still has to play, that he hasn't played yet. Why he hasn't played it yet, I think a lot of it has to do with expectation management and just development management. I think it's, it's part of a bigger plan for the Magic. They're, they're not ready to turn those keys over yet, which is fine. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that they have a they have a larger plan and they're willing to stick to that plan, you know, even at the expense of maybe maybe some some games here. But Fultz has proven that he can make an impact on this team, and 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 we still and we all I think see that the sky is the limit with him. Then you get to Jonathan Isaac. Yes, Isaac will probably be out for the second half of the season. So, you know, you 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 take whether he has accomplished the goal that that I that I've set out for this team. Perhaps you, you you make it an incomplete because he won't be there for the second half of the season. But if the first half of the season, Isaac was a legitimate candidate for all defensive team and perhaps defensive player of the year. He's the player the national media is buzzing most about when it comes to Orlando Magic. He's the, he's the player, honestly, that scouts seem to be buzzing most about. The growth in his game defensively this year, where he led, where he led the league in stocks with, at the time of his injury, steals and blocks combined. The versatility that he has shown on the defensive end bode very, very well for this team. The Magic have locked in defensively a lot more since he left, since they lost their security blanket, so to speak. But you know, you talk about players in the playoffs, and again, everything has to have an eye a little bit on the playoffs. You talk about the playoffs. And you have offensive players who can make plays. Offensive players who can beat good defense. Jonathan Isaac makes defensive plays. And really is the only Magic player to, that, that makes consistently defensive plays. 
but he beats good offense. Where he erases possessions by his mere presence. I think the most apt comparison for him is Andre Kirilenko, who is the last wing player to lead the league in blocks back in 2004. Isaac will not lead the league in blocks this year. He was not on track to do that at the time of his injury. But the fact that we're even mentioning him kind of in that rarefied era as, as someone who could accomplish that feat is pretty incredible. Isaac was averaging career highs in almost every category. Points, rebounds, assists, about 12, 12, 13 points per game. He was making some significant progress. And while his usage rate hasn't quite bumped up, he has a usage rate of of 18%, and you wanted to see him be more assertive on the ball and offensively, even there, things were starting to develop. This is not to say that both Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac are are set to be all-stars. I think that outcome is far from guaranteed for both players. It's not set in stone that they'll take an, a huge leap next season. Although I think with Fultz and Isaac, it is both likely knowing their work ethic, knowing how well that they played this year. It's probably not even time to hand both of them the keys and, and run everything through them and find players to, to fit more fully around them. Magic probably still need a guy around them, whether it's Nikola Vucevic, whether it's Evan Fournier, whether it's Aaron Gordon on a good day. But both those players have clearly shown that this team has a way to get better. If they both reach their potential, and again, that is an if, if they both reach their potential, this Magic team can be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Their defense is good enough. If they can find the shooting and the role players to surround them, they are capable of advancing in this Eastern Conference hierarchy. And for now, that's all you can ask for. So again, I'll ask this again. Where do the Magic stand at the midpoint of the season? Where are the Magic? How do we evaluate the Magic? Certainly there's some disappointment because it feels like they should be better. Their record should reflect a team that is better. The consistency has not been there. Injuries have played a factor. Injuries have played a role and leave at least part of the season a bit incomplete. But the two most important things the Magic set out to accomplish this year to make the playoffs and to show they have a path forward to continue improving. At the midpoint of the season, I think we could say that the Magic are on track to accomplish both those goals. And maybe those goals are too modest. I will admit that. They are fairly modest, achievable goals. But to me, the Magic are on track to have Maybe not a great season, but a successful season that, yes, will raise some big questions on how to expand on that success moving forward. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr_md, And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. The Orlando Magic take on the Oklahoma City Thunder at the Amway Center at 7 o'clock. We'll have complete coverage of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. Be sure to follow along live with us at Daily. So until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. 